This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to In Bloom Podcast. My name is Abby Aslan, and I am the host of this podcast. This week, I am going to be talking about insecurities. So much fun. Um, Something that we all struggle with as humans. And this was one of those podcast episodes that sort of just came um, to my mind out of nowhere. Like, I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was in the shower when it like came to me because, you know, showers, you just get those shower thoughts. And then all of a sudden, you have a podcast episode idea. But um, I really just thought this would be like, I mean, it's a super vulnerable episode, honestly, because I'm just going to be like sharing a lot of just insecurities I've struggled with, like literally that all that I can remember throughout like my whole life, basically. And also just like kind of emphasizing like how our insecurities can affect our everyday life and that kind of thing. Not so much of like how to, a little bit of like how to like kind of work on them, But honestly, that is like an entirely different episode in and of itself because that's just like a whole other can of worms. But I figured just talking about like insecurities I've struggled with will hopefully, you know, open your eyes to one, like help you understand that you're not alone in any insecurities you may deal with and face and two, um, that, you know, like it's totally normal for all of us to have insecurities, but also emphasizing that like, we don't need to let them control our lives. So um, let's go ahead and get into the quote goal and gratitude before we get the whole episode started. But my quote for this week, I was like looking for like a good insecurity quote and a lot of them were a little bit like too specific or they were just like too cliche um, things that I knew y'all had probably like heard before. And I was like, none of this is really speaking to me and really getting the point across that I want to get across with this week's episode. So I was like, I'm just going to literally put my thoughts down as the quote um for what I was thinking like I was look what I was looking for in a quote I guess you could say um I just went ahead and made into like my own words which there's probably a quote out there that's very similar I didn't take the time to like try and find one that's close to it or anything I was just like you know what I'm just gonna whatever my thoughts are saying that I'm like looking for in a quote I'm just gonna make that the quote from my own thoughts so um what I I guess the main message I'm really trying to get across uh for this episode And the quote for this episode from my brain is true confidence and security are found when you stop trying to be someone else's definition of happy, pretty, or successful. And that's kind of the underlying theme that I'm trying to get across in this episode. Um, And you'll see how I talk about it later, how your confidence and your security of, or in yourself, um, highly, highly affects the degree to which, you know, your insecurities will affect you and others projecting their insecurities onto you will affect you. So, um, and a lot of times, like we don't know how to get that confidence and security and we don't know where it comes from. Um, obviously if you don't have a lot of self-esteem to begin with, this isn't the only thing that's going to give you confidence and security. Like there are a lot of things that give you confidence and security, like, you know, doing what you love and not comparing yourself to others and, you know, practicing gratitude, like all those things really, really help with self-esteem and self-confidence. But point being in relation to insecurities, when you stop trying to adhere to someone else's standards of, you know, 
happiness or pretty or looks or pretty, I guess isn't the word they use there, looks or, you know, success when you stop like limiting yourself and like trying to fit yourself inside a box that someone else has defined. Um, you can find a lot more confidence and security than you would have if you were trying to always adhere to someone else's definition of those things because that's when we start you know, feeling those feelings of insecurity and we lack confidence is when we're constantly holding ourselves to standards that other people set that aren't either realistic for the situation or are just unattainable to begin with or irrelevant to us, but we make them relevant to us by trying to fit other people's definitions of, you know, success and looks and happiness. So that's like the quote I wanted to get across. And also I wanted to apologize if my voice sounds a little like raspy, not raspy, but like just hoarse and like deeper and weird or whatever. Um, I went to bed very late last night, like 3 a.m. And it was like totally my doing. Um, my brother, we celebrated his birthday last night, which his birthday is not till next weekend, but we're actually going home for my dad's paddleboard race that he does for charity every year. And we're all driving home together. So I'll be with him next weekend, but he wanted to do one, like a little celebration in Houston with like me and my boyfriend and then like their friends, um, this weekend. So we did that last night and we were just out pretty late, like until like one thirty or one forty-five, And then I came home and, um, had to like shower and I had a lot to do and just clean up and stuff. So I was like, I hate when I wake up after going out, which like, this is like probably a weird thing. I feel like most people just wait till the next morning, but like when my makeup's all over the place and like clothes are all over the place, like I like to clean it up the night before if I like can. And I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and do this really quickly. Um, cause Griffin walked Ella for me and I was like, while he's walking her, I'm just going to like put all this stuff away really quickly. So I ended up going to bed probably close to three, probably like two thirty or three o'clock. So I'm very, sleepy um and that's why my voice may sound a little rough because anytime I stay up like really late like this always happens to my voice even if I drink a ton of water during the day but anyways getting into my goal for this week my goal is to literally just move my body more and you know like just do or I guess participate in movement that actually excites me and makes me feel good um I did buy like a class pack for a spin studio here that I was really enjoying a couple weeks ago. Um, cause I did like a new client, like sign up thing where you got like three or four passes, um, for like a reduced rate. And then like, once I use all those classes, I was like, Oh, I don't really, I can't really justify spending the money on this. Um, I'll like just try to like do spin classes on my own, like on the bikes in my apartment gym or whatever. And every day for like three weeks, I thought about those spent classes and I was like, okay, um, if I'm really like thinking about them this much, then clearly like it provided me a lot of joy and like, I really, really enjoy going and it's like the best, it's like the best workout for me right now. Cause like right now strength training is just really hard for me to exert that much energy and doing things that are like getting my heart rate up really high and like sustaining that heart rate for 30 or 45 minutes makes me feel so good and relieves so much stress. So whether it's going to like a spin class or um, walking on the treadmill for like 30 minutes at an incline, like just doing things that like make me feel good because I'm getting in like the crunch time for my next CPA exam. I'm taking audit in like 19 days, I think. So pretty soon um, or maybe that might not be right. Yeah, no, 19 days. And that just like makes me want to throw up. But when it gets to like the last two, two and a half weeks before the exam, I literally like just neglect so much of like normal self-care and just taking care of myself and it's terrible but um I kind of need to so I know working out like will make me feel better it'll help my stress a lot and I didn't really 
do too much of it. Um, for my last CPA exam, I, I like tried to, but it just, it wasn't enough like for how stressed I was. And it seriously makes my stress a lot more manageable when I'm taking care of my body. And this, I mean, same to you guys, like if you're feeling like super stressed out, I highly encourage you to like get some sort of movement in and it doesn't have to be like what you did in another scenario of life. Like if you were in a different phase of life, like six months ago, and you're trying to like adhere to that specific workout routine and like that specific style of workout right now. And it's like not compatible with your lifestyle or the time you have or what you want to do at all, then don't force yourself to do it. Like just find what works for you, whether that's going on walks in the morning or evening or going on a run, walking on the treadmill, riding a bike, you know, doing yoga, strength training, Pilates, whatever it is, like just do what works for you. But I promise you, your stress becomes so much more manageable if you can just take 30 minutes to move your body and get your heart rate up. And it's so good for you. Um, And I know a lot of times I tell myself in like the last few weeks before my exam, I'm like, I don't have time to work out. Like, I'm just like, I'm too stressed. Like I'm sitting at my desk like all day long. Like I'm already like falling behind on like my YouTube stuff and podcast stuff in like the last two weeks. And I'm like really having the crunch with all of that on top of all of the cramming I'm doing with the studying. Um, and I tell myself like, I can't take that 30 minutes out of my day. And in reality, am I like actually like busy from like the moment I wake up to like when I go to bed? Like, yes. In these last like few weeks up to the exam, I a hundred percent am, but I know I spend a minimum of like an hour on my phone a day. So I'm like, okay, if I can spend an hour on my phone, I can take 30 minutes to go work out. You know what I mean? Like you're never too busy to take 30 minutes for yourself. So that's my spiel. Um, but I'll go off my soapbox with that. But my gratitude for this week is cooler weather. We had a little bit of a cold front come through this week and it was amazing. Like I was, um, getting up at like six or six 30. And when I would like go outside, it like literally like just going on my balcony, I was like, Oh my gosh, it actually feels like fall. And the air is so dry in Texas. Well, not in Houston. Usually like a lot of times it's very humid in Houston, but when cold fronts come through, the air's very dry compared to like cold weather in like Tuscaloosa or like back home in Florida. Like it's not, I don't know. It just feels so much more crisp here, I guess, when it gets cold with a cold front and there's not a lot of humidity. So I like really appreciated that because it has been so hot here. And I mean, it's still hot during the day. It's like 85 degrees, but at least it's not 90. So I'm just grateful that it's cooled off a bit because honestly, it was a huge mood booster for me this week. Like it, it's unreal. Like how much the weather can affect my mood, like when it's a lot cooler out and everything like that. But Anyways, let's go ahead and get into the episode and just talk about insecurities. Um, And I guess first and foremost, I want to emphasize how living a life controlled and bound by insecurities holds us back because we are too caught up in what we lack and too consumed by comparison to ever realize how much we actually have to offer. And if you focus on the negative, you'll force yourself into a mindset that only knows how to recognize the negative and rarely ever sees the good and the positive in things, both in yourself and in others. So, you know, if you're someone who's constantly being controlled by your insecurities, then you're likely to just fall into an overall more pessimistic and negative mindset. And that's going to cause you to stay in that mindset because it's going to be all you know and like all you pay attention to and all you're used to focusing on and it's kind of like putting on blinders to where it's like all you can see is the negative and so all these positive things that are circling around you and all of the positive aspects about yourself 
you're completely blind to them because you are so hyper-focused on the negative and your insecurities. And having insecurities is normal, but being consumed by them is something that can be hard to battle, but it's really transformative when you learn not to like believe your insecurities as like facts and truth and learn to release yourself from the hold they have on your life. And in regard to like projection of insecurities, it's honestly like a really fascinating concept in a way and we project our insecurities um you know when we're insecure about something it causes us to want to point out those same things we are insecure about on other people even if they aren't true and sometimes it may even be something we're not insecure about but like our accumulation of insecurities inside of us makes us feel so insecure that we project that feeling of discomfort and all of that onto someone else because we want to bring them to our level and we want to believe that you know other people struggle with the same things as us because we're human and naturally we create we crave we crave that relatability so when we feel insecure you know it can feel lonely and projecting those insecurities off that a lot of times feel isolating um projecting those onto other people helps us to feel a lot less alone And it's not a good habit to have because it either one isn't true of the person, you know, you're projecting the insecurities or feelings of feelings of discomfort or hate on. And two, um, it it will cause you to not like the person you're projecting your insecurities onto because you're convincing yourself they're someone that they truly aren't. And you'll end up hating someone who you don't even personally know half of the time. Thanks to social media, if it's somebody on social media. Or maybe it is someone you do know and you're just trying to paint a different picture of them in your head to make yourself feel better by projecting your insecurities onto them. And that's not fair to them and it's also not fair to you because it's harming your relationship with that person if it is somebody you do know. And obviously, it's just not a good habit to have. And then also, you know, it does nothing but prove that you are the insecure one and it reinforces the habit of picking apart others to make yourself feel better when you should be striving to build yourself and others up and you know applauding yourself for success and the things you possess and applauding others when they succeed and applauding them for their strengths and you know think of when you get on tiktok or instagram and you see someone post something and your first thought or reaction is internally a judgment about like how they look or what they do for a living or what they do and don't have and all of that it's a reflection of you know your own insecurities and discomforts and when we see in the comments section other people are you know picking that person apart for whatever it is and sort of like hating on them when there's no real basis for that hate um it sort of creates that mob mentality and you know it's it makes us comfortable to see other people thinking what we were thinking just then when we like look in the comments and we're like, I was thinking the same thing. And, you know, that's a reflection of your own insecurity. So when, if we're insecure and we see all that in the comments and it causes us to easily buy into that mob mentality because we see others thinking the same thing that we're thinking. And then it makes us think it's okay to like make those same comments, especially behind a screen. And then 
we end up projecting our insecurities and it reinforces the habit of doing that because we feel better and more comfortable when we see other people thinking and doing the same thing that we were. But that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. It's obviously, you know, way easier to do with the internet and social media because it requires such little effort on our end to quickly type something out and comment and face no real like consequences. And that just goes to show how much louder insecurities are than confidence. And we see that every single day on social media. And, you know, when someone is like gassing someone up in the comments, like it's not typically that comment that gets all of the replies and the likes. Like it's the comments that are like being, you know, kind of judgy and hateful for no reason. And a ton of other people buy into that because they're like, oh, someone else said it. Like, so I'm okay in thinking that. So then you just run to it and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to give that a like and I'm going to agree with them in the comments. So like you often see those mob mentality comments blow up instead of the ones that are gassing people up. And I just think it's like so backwards, but it truly does embody how much louder insecurity speaks than confidence, like I just said. And, you know, it's up to you to identify those insecurities so you can acknowledge, you know, that they exist and you know that those insecurities make you feel a little uncomfortable and once you become like aware of them um you know you're able to recognize when one they're controlling your life because you're just like constantly thinking of them and you're constantly like second guessing what you do based on your insecurities or how you look or dress based on your insecurities and you're also able to hopefully think before you act or speak and prevent yourself from projecting onto other people and you know all of that's a lot easier and then if you just remain controlled by your insecurities and with all of that being said you know we aren't responsible for everyone else's insecurities and i saw a quote one time that talked about like not slowing down our own growth or like taking detours in our journeys in order to like match someone else's level of comfort And that's so true for insecurities. You know, you can't carry the burden of others' insecurities and it's not your job to do so. But that doesn't mean you don't need to be mindful of how you treat and talk to others. And that's why it's important to just sort of live by the rule of treat others how you want to be treated. And I guess I kind of wanted to like go into insecurities that I've struggled with through my life because I just feel like it makes this conversation a lot more um, personable and it just makes it a lot more relatable I guess and it's some of it's like kind of like weird for me to like actually say on a podcast episode but um I know that like most of these things except for the current things I talk about and mention are things that I've overcome you know so there are insecurities I once had so I find you know I guess confidence and being able to say you know like this is something I once struggled with and I have overcome it by learning that like that insecurity didn't define me and it wasn't like something that I should be basing my worth on and I hope that in me saying all of these old insecurities I used to have and like my current insecurities it helps you have that same realization that you know you're separate from your insecurities you're not one with them and you know a lot of and like where a lot of it comes from like I'll kind of be giving touching into that as well and just seeing how a lot of times our insecurities are created by other people and don't even have to do with our own opinion of ourselves, which is the opinion that matters most at the end of the day. So getting into like elementary school era, um, I thought it'd be interesting to start out on this one just because 
elementary school is just like an interesting time because you're not very self-aware but there definitely are things that you like sort of get embarrassed about and you know just get uncomfortable with and I remember like in kindergarten well probably not kindergarten it was probably like first and second grade um I was really insecure about like body hair like specifically on my arms um I have I just I have a ton of hair like if you follow me on Instagram watch me on YouTube I have a head of a lot of hair curly hair at that and it's dark so you know like the hair on my arms is dark unless it's summertime and they lighten up and I remember when I was little um I like there were kids who like pointed out you know that like oh my gosh your arms are so hairy they look like a man's or whatever and I remember it like made me so uncomfortable to show my arms and I would literally wear jackets to school and like on the playground in at the time I was going to school in North Georgia, but I lived in Tennessee. Um, that's just like another story, but um, in kindergarten or kindergarten and first grade. And then I, so, I mean, you can imagine it was hot for a good portion of the year. And I just hated having my arms show like for a period of time because I was so insecure about the hair on my arms because somebody appointed it out to me. And of course, you know, I was really young and I never held it against anyone and never would because we were so young, but the people who pointed it out, you know, just didn't realize that their words like have that effect, you know, and it brings me to the point that you should always strive to be a person who, you know, makes somebody feel loved and heard and supported and secure and create that environment with the people you surround yourself with and the people you encounter on a day-to-day basis. Like, even if it's not your friends, like you should be aiming to like make others feel that way. Um, on social media just in passing with your colleagues like just in general and it's so important to do that because you don't want to be the reason someone feels insecure or gets their insecurities you know like triggered or whatever so the trick is though that it's hard to do that if you're insecure yourself because like I said your mind's default is to focus on and pick apart the negative And I remember also getting like randomly embarrassed by things I liked and was like passionate about when I was young. Like I would be super into like a game or like a toy or like the way my room looked and how it was decorated. And then the second I noticed that like that was no longer the thing and that other people are like into other stuff just from like going to friends houses or, you know, whatever it may be, I would randomly get like a sense of embarrassment from enjoying that thing and I think that mainly just had to do with that lack of awareness and like sense of self that you don't really possess as a really little kid um and you're not really comfortable like being yourself you know until as you get older but like obviously there's some people who just kind of like have that right out the gate but I feel like for the most part a lot of kids you know lack that self-awareness just because it's like a it's a more mature like mental concept I feel like Um, and that's all I can really remember with elementary school. Like there's probably like a lot more stuff that I have to like really sit here and like think about it. But I just remember like body hair. And then like, once I got in like fifth grade, it was about like, um, the leg hair, like, of course, like once that like grew in and I, my mom didn't like let me shave. I think it was until like fifth grade and she only let me do like my knees and below, um, which was good because I was like always wearing shorts. And honestly, it was just uncomfortable having leg hair because I was sweating a lot because I was doing gymnastics and I lived in Florida. So it was like hot all the time and having like 
hairy legs. It's not fun for that, you know, in my opinion. Um, somebody else may enjoy that and that's fine. But for me, I didn't like that. So up until the point where I was finally able to shave with a little Conair blue electric razor, I feel like so many of us probably have the exact same one. Um, I was really insecure about it, but, um, and that was just kind of how it was. And, you know, like I also really hated, in elementary school, like being called out. Like I remember I had to move my clip from green to yellow literally one time in all of elementary school. And it was because I didn't raise my hand to like reach across the table and grab a pair of scissors or something from someone because our class got in trouble. So like when I stood up, the teacher just like got mad and was like, go move your clip or whatever. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And I remember just feeling like absolutely distraught. I started crying um, and I was like holding back tears And I told my teacher that I needed to go to my mom's classroom because I went to the school she taught at. And it was like just down the hall. And I was like, I need to go get some chapstick because I had, which this is another insecurity, but I always had a really bad habit of licking around my lips when I, like when I would get cold and the air would get dry. And I would literally, like so many of my yearbook pictures when I was really little have like just giant red, like dry skin around my lips because I would just lick them when they would get dry. So I remember when I had to move my clip, I was like really embarrassed and I needed to cry, but I didn't want to cry in front of everybody. So I was like, oh, I, can I go to my mom's room and get some chapstick? And I think she knew what I was doing. I'm sure she did. And I like went to my mom's room and just started crying. Like, and she was in the middle of like a class and I was like, sorry, but (laughs) my mom needs help me right now. (laughs) So that was kind of like the basis of everything in elementary school. I just didn't like you know, being called out because I don't know, I guess I've just always had like this perfectionist like mentality, even from when I was really little. So like being yelled at or like being called out just like really made me uncomfortable. And like, it's weird because a lot of people say that that stuff has to do with like your, you know, parents, like the way they raise you and everything. But it's like, I can't think of anything like they did or like the way they raised me that would like make me feel uncomfortable with like being called out. You know what I mean? So I don't really know where that comes from. Um, but that's like a whole other can of worms to open. But going into middle school, this is like when insecurities, I feel like, are just like going off the charts for everybody because, you know, everybody's going through puberty. It's a really awkward time. Um, a lot of just like weird stuff going on. And honestly, like middle school is the worst. Like I I don't think you can pay me enough money to like go back and relive it. Like it was literally terrible. <laughs> um, and I don't even think I even like knew like the true like, I knew the word insecurity because it was, like, probably on a lot of music I listened to. Like, I think of, like, that, uh, what's that One Direction song? Um, what Makes You Beautiful or whatever. I think that came out when I was in eighth grade. And a line in that song is, like, you're insecure, don't know what for or whatever. And, you know, so I probably heard the word then. But at the time, I didn't really have, like, a concept of it. You know, like, in middle school, you, like, know a lot of words or you're learning a lot more words, but you don't necessarily know, like how they are in your real life and I think once I was in eighth grade I got more of an idea of it but like sixth seventh grade no not at all like I just remember like one thing my curly hair could not stand it um I know a lot of my friends had like straighteners and a lot of them had naturally straight hair but a lot of my friends that had curly hair always straightened their hair so I was like everybody has straight hair oh my gosh and it made me hate my curly hair And so then I got a straightener for a little chi black straightener for Christmas in seventh grade. Um, And I literally washed and straightened my hair every single day from that Christmas until early 10th grade. Terrible on my hair. And I, of course, had no idea how to like style my curly hair. So it could have been like gray and beautiful, but like 
you know, you just don't really know how to do that. And like, I'm still trying to figure that out. And I'm 23, almost 24. So, you know, a lot of my friends had straight hair. I would notice that like maybe the guy I had a crush on, like liked a girl that had straight hair. And I felt like I needed to have that same hair in order to get that attention, which is just so messed up because, you know, that's just messed up because, you know, the right people and like friends and boys and girls will like you for you. And of course, that's just the way we thought when we were young. And I remember going through puberty and everything and wishing, you know, I had bigger boobs. And even though like a, a lot of that just doesn't even like I would tell myself, OK, that's not really something that comes into play until maybe later. Like I might just be going through that later on in life. And I even thought that a lot through high school. And, you know, sometimes even now, like when I try to wear certain outfits or tops that, you know, just don't really look that good if I don't fill them out, I get upset and I'm just like, ugh, like I wish I had bigger boobs. But it's one of those things where the grass isn't always, you know, green on the other side because, you know, there are people who wish that theirs were smaller because it, you know, maybe it gives them back problems or they just don't like the way they look in certain like outfits and shirts. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you want what you don't have. And I also remember like being insecure of like the way my nose looked when I smiled in pictures and like my eyebrows, just like weird stuff. And I think it was just like that going through puberty when you start to become way more aware of like the way you look when you used to pay literally no mind to it really. And that just makes you like really hyper-focus on stuff that's not that big of a deal. And I remember I got my eyebrows waxed for my 13th birthday and this girl, she, she was a girl who did my hair at the time. And she, this was like when like the RAR, like the R-A-W-R X-D, like laughing face, like dinosaur, RAR means I love you and dinosaur, like all of that, like weirdness was going on at the time. And like one of the things was like the feather extensions and hair having like the really big short layers and then like really, really thin hair um straight hair going down if you know what I'm talking about and like the paramore kind of like look I guess and the lady who did my hair that's the way her hair was and she would always have like a hot pink or neon green like streak and I loved her and she was great but she like I would ask to get my hair thinned out because it was so thick and I didn't like it and also it was just hard to hold it all back doing gymnastics so then I got it thinned out but it literally like we thinned it out so much and like I don't I didn't never really want it that thin but it just ended up being that thin to where like it couldn't even stand a ponytail it was so thin which is hard to even believe with how much hair I have um but that same girl like did my eyebrows for my 13th birthday and that was the first time I'd ever like gotten anything done to them and I hated how like thick they were and um so she did them but she made them like super like just kind of like thin and it's like okay now I wish I had my thick eyebrows back. And at the time, like there wasn't like a certain like way your eyebrows needed to look or anything. I just knew that mine were like very thick and unruly. And they just kind of like all the hairs, like since I have very like thick and coarse eyebrow hairs, like they are like literally curly sometimes or like on the verge of curly because like they can't lay straight. So I just wanted that to be fixed. Like I wanted them to just be neater, I guess. So they just ended up being like super thin and that's how hers were you know like she just kind of like it's just like how now it's like the the popular ways to like have bangs cut that's the way like a lot of hairstylists will do it if you ask for bangs but obviously being specific is important but when you're little you don't really know that so I got my eyebrows done and then I would over pluck them by like trying to keep them in whatever shape they were in and that was just honestly terrible and awkward and weird and 
you know, it was definitely a time too. I remember where you started to feel like insecure in how you dressed. I remembered like I would feel so uncomfortable and just like not myself, like in anything too girly and like feel insecure if I was like wearing a dress for some reason. Um, and I think part of that just had to do with like, I didn't really like go through much puberty. Like it was a little bit delayed for me because I did gymnastics up until like the end of seventh grade. So I just felt like I looked still like kind of like a little kid and a lot of my friends like just did not look like that. And so I just hated wearing dresses because I just felt like I looked like a little kid. So I would always wear like layered cami tank tops from Justice and a pair of like my brother's basketball shorts and Converse or Vans. And like the basketball shorts would like swallow me because they would just be like so long or I'd wear like Sophie shorts and like a t-shirt tied back with a ponytail holder. And, you know, I just would feel insecure wearing a dress and, or any kind of girly outfit. And I remember, um, I would wear like those Aeropostale or American Eagle, like graphic t-shirts that were like super long and super tight with like a Hollister skirt. Like I had like two or like an American Eagle skirt. I don't think I ever had a Hollister one, but just like that was the extent to girly I would go and it was like for church. And you know, then I, you start wearing makeup because like other people start wearing makeup and then you feel insecure without makeup. And it's just like, as you're going through all of that growing up, you just like find all these little things to fixate on because you're not used to like paying that much mind to the way you look. And, you know, you're just truly trying to do the most to fit in. And if you're anything like me and have, or had no concept of self-awareness or being comfortable in your own skin, you would just adapt yourself to any trend that ever happened. Um, and just try and fit in that way. And then getting into high school, um, my insecurities honestly revolved a lot around like looks still, but they started to like kind of affect like just mental type of things as well. Like I remember still being insecure about my eyebrows, which I obviously just had issues with after having a bad wax. And then I grew them out like super thick um, because I was like, okay, I guess the only way for me to get my normal eyebrows back and them not be super thin is to grow them out. So then I grew them out, but then unfortunately the timing of when I grew them out was like when the whole phase of like Anastasia dip brow pomade came in and I was like had just started watching YouTube makeup videos this was like probably 2014 and that was like the whole just like bold brow era so like when I would do my makeup I was like oh I need to have like these cut out brows with pomade and I didn't need that because I literally grew my eyebrows back out and they were like already just so intense like any pictures from back then it's just literally tragic and I used to like get really embarrassed when people would like bring it up and now I just laugh at it because I'm like no my eyebrows like literally had like a good like eight or nine year just like very messed up era (laughs) and just looked like literal caterpillars at one point and then at another point they literally looked almost non-existent so it's just insane um and I was just scared to get them waxed again after like that one bad experience of course and I also remember being like unhealthily insecure about like my legs and like just the way they looked like I remember wearing shorts like I literally hated wearing shorts so 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 much and I would like compare the way my legs looked in pictures to like everyone else's and I would I remember when I like discovered I had like cellulite on like my butt and you know like my upper thighs I was like oh my gosh, this is like, what is this? I have never seen this before, you know, like freaking out. I remember Googling if there was like ways to get rid of it. And, um, you know, just, I don't know. I paid way too much attention to that. To that. And then I like, oh, it was always wishing I had longer legs or skinnier legs. And um, then I found out, you know, like what hip dips were. And I was like, how can I get rid of all this? But thankfully I learned, 
you know, it probably took a few years and I was like really, really insecure about my legs for like, honestly, like I would say from like freshman year of high school up until probably like, I don't know. Sometimes I still even like struggle with it, honestly, like just being completely honest. Sometimes I'm just like really hateful on myself about my legs and I just like need to be grateful for even having legs and all they do for me. But thankfully, kind of when I got into like late high school, early college, you know, I learned, you know, cellulite isn't something you just easily get rid of and anyone at any weight can have it. And with hip dips, you know, I learned that why am I spending so much time and energy hating this when it's all about like literally the bone structure of your hips and like your pelvis or whatever. So all of that goes to show, you know, like it's like you make a big deal out about make make a big deal out of these things that, you know, you don't really have that much control over. And of course, you know, like with, you know, cellulite, you can, you know, whatever, eat better or work out more. And yes, you know, being a caloric deficit will make you lose weight and it may improve the cellulite. But like at the same time, there isn't really any like one true way like to get rid of it. And it's outside of your control at that point. So it's just kind of not something that you should be so caught up on. Like I wish I could explain the extent of obsession I had with picking myself apart about it to you all, but I like literally can't put it into words because it was that bad. Um, but like I said, thankfully I learned, you know, this is not something that I can just like get rid of. And even if it was something I could just get rid of, it's not something I needed to be that worried about getting rid of. You know what I mean? And then of course I remember like getting acne and like, thankfully I never really had like really, really bad acne. Um, I occasionally get like cystic acne and when I get stressed, I break out a little bit, but I never really had to deal with like a lot, like overtaking my skin. And I'm very thankful for that. But when I would have breakouts, you know, of course I'm sitting there caking concealer on over my acne, which of course makes it worse. And I remember in high school, you know, like people are just brutal and are mean. And, you know, I don't really hold any of this against any of the people because I know that, you know, people change and we grow, but you know, I would hear something that a guy or a girl said about me in regard to my appearance, whether that's like my body or my face, whatever it is. And I would do everything I could to change that because it made me so insecure. And I was already insecure about it. So it just like amplified it for me. And there was a period of time where I like seriously just hated the body I was in so much. And I just hated myself so much. And I was just, I remember just like crying, like just questioning like I'm like why am I not like good enough and I would just pick myself apart like every single day and it's just like so depressing to think about because it's it's just sad and I was just so uncomfortable in my own skin and I think a lot of this was during like my freshman year sophomore year of high school and a lot of it had to do with um sort of just like the people I was surrounding myself with and like just rejection from you know whether that was like friends or from boys and constantly just taking the way I was treated by like some people and turning that treatment into self-defeating thoughts like I'm not good enough and that in turn ended up in me hating who I was just because of being so insecure in who I was that I let a person that you know shouldn't really have a say so in how I feel about myself determine how I felt feel about myself and truly fully impact my worth um and how I saw myself without a second thought like I let them have that power over me just from their like brief little comment they made that they probably didn't think was a big deal and you know I also started developing insecurities related 
or I guess stemming from my perfectionism. Um, this kind of like carried on from elementary school. I really hated being like publicly wrong about things in class. Like I didn't like I would participate if I was a hundred percent confident, but if I was like 99% sure and 1% uncertain, I wasn't going to answer a question in class because I didn't want to be wrong. And that's just how I was. And, you know, I was like embarrassed if I like made a bad grade on a test because I normally didn't. And, you know, no one at home was making me feel like this. Like I said, you know, like my parents, I'm so blessed and they always, you know, push me to do my absolute best. And they always told me, you know, like, we're proud of you as long as you tried your best. So I always would try my best. And I, that made me proud of myself. And like, I am very thankful for that. And I literally put all of that pressure on myself. But I also remember like a big thing being insecure, just like about money, but it was sort of like indirectly about money when I got to high school, because I realized a lot of people, you know, just had like, basically just like materialistic type of things, you know, like, and maybe even a nice car or, you know, like a huge house or whatever it was, or they, one thing that really like made me so frustrated. I remember during the summers was, you know, other people who didn't have to work, um, every summer of high school and some through the school year, like that would make me so just frustrated, not necessarily insecure, but like I was frustrated because I was insecure, if that makes sense. And ironically, all of that insecurity with materialistic things and money made me spend all this money that, you know, I was working for to have like gas money and to be able to pay for things when I needed them and that kind of thing and food or whatever it is. Like if I was out with friends, it made me spend my money on clothes or things that I hoped would help me fit in instead, which is obviously just a waste of your money and not a way to increase your wealth in the long run, obviously. But as a 15 year old, that was not my, what I was seeing in the long run at all. I had no concept of money management really. Like I always tried to put like 20% of my paychecks away and I did. Um, but I didn't even have like a debit card. Like I was like purely in cash until I was 18. But anyways, I would truly, just spend all my money on things to try and fit in. And it's a true sign that my insecurity with money controlled me because instead of, you know, maybe saving it for something that like I wanted that would like help me or like knowing that I was wanting to go to college and like I needed a full tuition to be able to go out of state for college, like maybe just thinking more about that in the future (laughs) instead of like spending these monies or spending this money on things to try and be accepted and fit in. And in reality, I didn't need any of those outfits or accessories or shoes or whatever it was to fit in. And the right people would like me for me and not what I dress like or what I look like or what I have or don't have. And that got a lot more amplified when I got to college and I like saw money and wealth on like this entirely different level. I had did not even know existed and you know I found myself going through that exact same cycle that I went through in high school like for example I just like I remember I didn't know like what Lululemon and like a lot of these like brands were when I went to college and I think it's a lot worse at like a big southern university than it probably is in like the north or northeast um but that's just like my guess I could be wrong but I suddenly just felt like I needed a pair of Lululemon leggings, even though that was totally not something I could just afford to go spend my money on. But of course, I like saved the money I did have and I was selling things in my closet to get a pair so that I could, you know, quote unquote fit in. But like, who is actually looking at my leggings and examining whether or not they're Lululemon? Like, what the heck was wrong with me? And I would just like look at what everyone else around me wore and would spend what little money I did have on buying things to try and feel like I belong and make me fit in to compensate for my insecurity of being alone 
and not having all the trendy outfits and because I still didn't really have any self-confidence or self-awareness. And I would literally sell all those clothes that I had bought in high school to try and fit in on Poshmark so I could buy new things to fit in at the college level and like fit in with everybody on game day. And it was a cycle of that for like a year and a half or two years in the college. And this is why I've always had issues with like, well, I guess not so much now, but like over the last however many years, I've always had issues with like my personal style because I spent most of my life dressing the fit in instead of dressing in what I like. And I could have saved a lot of money and time and hassle if I just dressed how I liked because that stayed relatively consistent over the years with the exception of having a little bit more of a mature taste now with being older. And in addition to the whole money and fashion thing, in early college, I was mainly really, really insecure about not having a friend group. And I've talked about that a lot on the podcast. And it caused me to project those feelings on those girls who did have friend groups. So instead of being, you know, like happy for other girls and honestly inspired by like other people who had like found a friend group when I saw them all sitting together in class or going to a dining hall together, it made me mad and I would find ways to mentally pick them apart to make myself feel better, which is horrible to think about. And, you know, of course I was doing all of this and I was projecting those feelings of insecurity. I was like, okay, how can I like bring them down to my level? Because I'm feeling really insecure by, you know, them having a friend group and, I would just try and like pick them apart in my head, which is so terrible. And going off of that, it, it's so crazy to think about how in my head, I was just like seeing a friend group and at the surface, I'm sitting there telling myself, man, I wish I had that. Um, it would make my life so much better. Just automatically assuming that their friend group is that that friend group I saw in the dining hall is just perfect. There's no issues like whatever. And that's just how powerful your insecurities are when you're like projecting them and comparing yourself you're painting like a picture over someone's reality that may or may not be true like i'm just sitting there assuming that you know like having this like big friend group of like 10 or 15 girls is so fun and the best thing ever but in reality like now i don't see how that could you know like work out without being problematic or dramatic in some way and you know maybe there are friend groups out there that are like that but I was just completely setting aside the fact that, you know, they may be going through a lot of friend drama and that may be causing a lot of stress in their life. And I didn't really have any drama like ever in college because I never really had the had like a friend group. So when I just think about that, it's crazy to think about how like your insecurities can like paint that picture over other people's reality. And of course, you know, like now I'm a lot more confident in who I am and I have a lot more self-awareness and I've accepted that I don't need a ton of friends or a big friend group. And, you know, I'm able to be happy for people because of that and not even phased by it when I encounter it now. And later in college, you know, my insecurities started to be rooted a lot more in what I had to offer um, as I went through recruiting. So, of course, like just being insecure about like a class, you know, I may have done bad in or just feeling insecure that like I just didn't really belong in the program I was in. And of course, just like my social anxiety, like was just like a big insecurity of mine because once I became aware of my social anxiety like I didn't really become fully aware of it until my sophomore year when I realized that other people had like a breeze with interviews and they had no issue with like recruiting events when I learned that like my situation wasn't the norm it made me really insecure and it made the problem worse but of course as I pushed myself out of my comfort zone in social situations and got involved in more things you know my confidence increased little by little to where eventually 
my confidence was stronger than my insecurity and I no longer found myself comparing myself to other people in my major or doubting myself at all the recruiting events. And, you know, now my insecurities pretty much revolve around how others are perceiving me or how others may be judging me because of, you know, something like I'm wearing on social media or like something I post on social media or like my YouTube videos, if they don't like my YouTube videos or something like that. And I like really just hate being misunderstood or misperceived but a lot of times our insecurities are like as a generalization they are rooted in us being worried about like how others are perceiving us and I just get so uncomfortable sometimes doing things as simple as posting on Instagram because some days I just worry about how others may judge me on how I look or what I posted and I have a lot more confidence and self-esteem and overall self-awareness now so I'm a lot better with not letting that control me you know what I mean so it's like I will have those thoughts and feelings but I have to remind myself like I am seriously working myself over a what working myself up over a what if situation like I don't even like it's not even reality like or it hasn't even like come to life that those people are going to like say those things or think those things and I'm just like telling myself that they might do that so why get so worked up on it when it's not even like a concrete real thing and it's literally a what if situation and I, of course, you know, have my days where I'm not confident in my appearance. And when that happens, I just try to remind myself that, you know, we all have those highs and lows. And it's so important to just be try and be grateful for your body and your health and all it provides for you instead of just picking it apart based off of what social media tells us is pretty or desirable. Um, it's kind of like how, you know, everyone says like, oh, like everyone, you know, wants to like dye their hair blonde or like get highlights or whatever when they go to like southern schools and like rush and everything and honestly like it's like I have blonde in my hair and that's like totally not why like I didn't start doing that until like my senior year but um I think about it and it's like you know like subconsciously like so many of us probably just like think like I'm sure that like there were other times when I wanted to make changes to my hair but I was just like too scared to and I was just like okay um I feel like I need to have blonde in my hair to like be like to like fit in or whatever you know it's just like ridiculous and it's just us not feeling secure and confident in ourselves so we're just like trying to change ourselves to fit into this other definition that and that we think is a one-size-fits-all and the reality is like looks are not a one-size-fits-all and like they shouldn't be and they never will be and like we should all just embrace our you know like the things that make us different and it's like that quote that says you know like how boring it would be if we like all you know did the same thing and we were all like the exact same person like there would be no uniqueness and like nobody would have anything special to offer um and I'm saying all of this and being vulnerable in hopes of bringing to light you know that all of us have insecurities and struggle with them and highlight that you can overcome them and that is that it's like totally normal to have them but it's also really life-changing to stop letting them control you and I don't say this to get you to like start picking yourself apart so please don't do that because that's like not my intention of like focusing on insecurities during the episode but I will say you know thinking back on old secure insecurities you may have had it's kind of helpful in my opinion it may not be for you but in learning like what your old insecurities were, where they came from, and how you like kind of outgrew them or overcame them. And in turn, you kind of figure out where your insecurities are at now and become more aware of them and how to 
just really not let them have that control over you. And a lot of times our insecurities come from things other people may have like pointed out to us or criticized us on whether we were a kid, a teenager, or an adult when they were said to us. And it's crazy because if we don't have that confidence and security in ourselves, we will believe what others are saying to us, even if it isn't true. And that's what's so harmful about projecting. You know, an insecure girl may make a comment about your looks because she's insecure about her own and she may think it means nothing to you. But what she doesn't realize is that if she's making that comment to you and you lack security or self-confidence or self-awareness, you're that much more prone to let that comment eat you alive and it will become your own like insecurity despite it not even being true and literally just being someone else's projection onto you. And then it becomes your insecurity and when it was originally just someone else's and then you end up projecting that insecurity on someone else. So it's just this like toxic domino effect if you really think about it. And that's why it's so important to, you know, try and be secure and not let others' judgments and projections define you and be aware of your insecurities so you're not inflicting that pain and harm onto other people unintentionally as a result of your own insecurities. And, you know, insecurities also come from lack of confidence and self-esteem and perfectionism. And when you lack confidence, you put more effort into comparing yourself to others, which cause you to develop insecurities instead of putting that energy into building your confidence and self-esteem. And they also come from rejection and failure, of course. You know, like we may be rejected by a job position we really wanted or rejected from a friendship or a relationship or rejected by our own family. And it causes us to you know, feel insecure about things. And it puts us into this more negatively dominant headspace when we experience that rejection and failure. And then we end up focusing on the negative more in ourselves and those around us, like I said earlier. And you may have, you know, insecurities in a relationship, for example, because someone in your past wasn't loyal or, you know, didn't really treat you the way you should have been. And as a result, now you feel insecure in your current relationship because you're telling yourself you weren't good enough for the last person or you feel threatened or insecure in the presence of other girls or other guys as a result of trust issues from your past relationship. And, you know, it's truly so crazy to see how much of an impact each life event can have on us and how they can turn into insecurities that we carry with us and have that domino effect in other areas of our life as we listen to our inner critic if we, you know, aren't really secure in the first place. And overcoming these insecurities, like I said, is literally an entirely separate episode Um, but in this episode specifically, I just wanted to, you know, share my past and like bring to light how controlling they can be because I don't want any of you holding yourself back because of the hold your insecurities may have on you. You have to learn how to silence your inner critic and assess where those insecurities came from and do a lot of inner work to really help yourself see how those insecurities affect your everyday life and how you may be projecting them and maybe even like seek therapy to overcome these things, which is totally normal. And I just wanted this episode to hopefully help you all realize how letting those insecurities take control of your life can affect like multiple aspects of your life and just your overall well-being and friendships and relationships and help you keep in mind that there's literally not a single one of us that doesn't have insecurities. And to keep that in mind next time we want to be critical or hateful to someone, whether that's on or off social media, because You never know if that person was already struggling with what you're being critical of or if they completely lack security and that comment will literally eat them alive and cause them to spiral. You know, don't let your insecurities control you and cause you to project onto others. And try to remind yourself that you are not your insecurities. They are separate from you and not one with you. 
and learn to embrace yourself wholly, like accepting you as you are. And I try to think of, you know, my insecurities as like a whole other separate person. Like you would literally name them another person if that helps you like keep them separate in your head. And it helps me a ton with just like letting my insecurities not going past being a brief moment of insecurity rather than letting them control me and ultimately end up projecting myself onto others. And um, just keep in mind, you know, like I said, they're normal. They don't make you any less human or worthy of being loved and supported and appreciated. And, you know, you deserve all of that and you're worthy no matter what insecurities you may or may not have. And all of that security is found in eliminating whatever unattainable standard you've set for yourself and just fully embracing yourself for who you are and not picking apart your flaws that, you know, come from other people's judgment or, you know, definitions of things. And at the end of the day, we have absolutely no control over, you know, what others are thinking of us. Because at the end of the day, like, if we have no control over it, like, why put so much time and energy, like, trying to you know believe it and like forcing ourselves you know to think about it and it's hard not to of course when other people are saying it to us and that's why it's so important to be secure because you know if you're secure enough in yourself when others do come around and judge you which is bound to happen it's not going to phase you in the same way because you know that your opinion is the only one you have control over at the end of the day not theirs and you know you can either choose to accept their opinion and have it become yours and believe it or you can let their opinion be nothing more than that and just be secure in how you feel about yourself instead. And ultimately, I just love all of you and I know how it feels to just be inse- so insecure and like let your insecurities literally eat you alive and what it's like to just lack any ounce of self-esteem and confidence um, to where any single comment someone makes to you instantly becomes your identity and you instantly believe it and let it control you. And I don't want any of you going through that same thing. So you know, all of that can completely just distort your sense of self and cause you to lose sight of who you are and what you love. And I just don't want any of you going through that. So I really wanted to share that with y'all. Um, but I hope that this episode was, despite being like really vulnerable and uncomfortable at times, hopefully it was like very helpful for you all. And just like identifying, you know, like maybe insecurities that you've once had that, you know, maybe still be bugging you or what you're struggling with right now, or maybe just looking back on the ones you outgrew will help you remind yourself that, you know, you aren't defined by them. So hopefully this episode was helpful. It's a little scary to record and publish, but I love you all. And be sure to follow in bloom podcast on Instagram. It's just at in bloom podcast and join the in bloom podcast, Facebook group. If you search on Facebook and answer a few quick questions, you will be accepted into it. So be sure to do that. And I'll talk to you all next week.